everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast. My name is Bro Dinky, and with me, as always, is my co-host Schmidt. Schmidt, what's going on? We've made it to episode 34 in your place for the horological hot takes, the unpopular watch opinions, and the taboo topics. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much, my friend. How are you doing? A little tired. Still pretty busy at work. Uh, other than that, not too bad. Okay. All right. All right. Things anything, are going good. Anything new and exciting in your end of the uh, woods? Um, getting ready for another trip. Uh, I'll be uh, moving up your way uh, to the Northeast uh, for a quick business trip. I'll be there for the next week. So um, if you're in town, and we'll get together and do some do some fun stuff. Might have to around the city. Rage or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> tear up the town, as they say. But no, everything's good. Uh, all things with my family. Everything at the at the house is fine. So no issues there. Kiddo is good. How about uh, your neck of the woods? All good? Yeah, pretty much par for the course. Uh, did you happen to catch the other day? I found uh, stumbled upon an interview with Shatner. And I only bring it up because I know you've had some uh, some six degrees of separation from from Bill, let's just say. But uh, he, he brought up watches. I was listening to Adam Carolla, just a podcast I usually kind of browse over. And he, he brought up, they were talking about just like the appreciation for, for mechanics. And he goes, do you love watches? And Adam's like, not really. He's like, that's kind of a, a rich blood thing. And I'm not, I'm not really into that. But, but Shatner's <laughs> like, it's all about the, the appreciation for the mechanics and the, and the, the mastery. And I was like, dude, Shatner nails it. And I was like, we got, got to get Shatner on Rishi's radio, I think. Right? Uh, that would be, <laughs> that would be a grail moment because really, realistically, I don't think anybody, I don't even think Houdinki has interviewed him. No, no. And Although and I'm now sure that we're will now that now that we're 100%. recording this, <laughs> it's gonna happen. They're gonna make it happen because we put it out into the ether. Um, because that's always what seems to be seems to be what's going on with them. So um, no, it would be an amazing thing if if Shatner was down, I would love to do it. Um, I, I did get pretty close to him one time. He is uh, a watch fanatic, and uh, I mean, how could you not be? The guy was Captain Kirk, so that's I mean, right. Just an amazing, an amazing person. Um, <clears throat> I observed him from afar, but you can definitely tell he's a very eccentric person, but in the best way possible. So um, it would be amazing to have him on for sure. <laughs> and uh, we do have a guest tonight that Hodinky will not get before us, just FYI. And he's not that Shatner, but he's not far off, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, before I get to that, uh, I guess let's just touch on it was hard to go through the week without recognizing something from my favorite brand. Seiko is just dropping watches like hotcakes, right? Yeah, they are. Right? They got those Seiko 5 GMTs. I think uh, one of my friends in whatever group chat I'm in uh, <laughs> labeled it the worst kept secret because they were out months ago. Yeah, yeah we, we, had already, <laughs> we had already previously covered it I yes, don't know, what, three or four episodes ago. But those um, are officially out there. For consumption, I guess. Yeah. So that's cool. They have uh, sort of an Arnie remix with the Digi on the bottom of the dial now. They've got some cool additions okay. to that. I think one's a PVD, one's a steel, which looks really good, and one's a patty version. Oh, well, with the, sort of that, that. I think I missed that one. That new patty colorway. Um, yeah. Like the solar I got with the. With the yeah, it's kind of like the. It's like the dark grayish like dark grayish black and kind of like the turquoisey blue yeah. i think looks sick that's a cool colorway for the patty the new patty issues a really interesting one that they dropped also is sort of a slimmed down ck diver 
Yeah. It's got like that cushion style case, but it's slim. It's only like 12 millimeters thick. It's 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 the one that they just dropped what today or yesterday. It's like, it's like a gilt, a white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like three three versions. Yeah. And it kind of looks like a modernized 6309. Yeah, different very much. Very much so. Yeah, I, I can get with that. I'm I'm sure I'm sure James Stacy's already sending mad emails about trying to get that watch <laughs> in for review. I'm sure Jason Heaton, the same thing. Uh, no, it looks great. I, I just saw kind of some preliminary photos about it on, you know, on Houdinki. I think covered it recently, um, but it does look really good. That's a that's a dive watch that I would add to my collection amongst the many other litany of dive watches that's, you know, on that list as well. And super interesting. I know we've touched on this before. It does have a 430 date, but they went with the elite execution of 430 date my favorite the bell and ross circular date oh yeah, a yeah vertically oriented number in it I, to me that's just if you're, you're gonna, gonna do it do that's it. the way to do it i mean unless Absolutely. you're gonna go el primero and it's gonna be on a chronograph whole different story but if you're gonna have a 430 date on a a pretty standard you know three-hander that's the way to do it in my opinion it just it's just symmetrically well placed and it looks good and because you don't have to cant your head sideways to read the date right <laughs> It makes it a lot easier to actually use day to day. So, uh, aside from that, there is a, they did drop another King Seiko. Uh, another one? It's a white to purple gradient dial. Okay. It's kind of matte looking, I think. This might be a Hodinky Alpinist situation where it's not matte, and then people will be upset about it, but it looks kind of matte, but it's a very interesting colorway. Um, a little feminine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. still pretty and, cool. And Grand Seiko dropped some fire yesterday they, yeah they've been dropping some limiteds too i've noticed I, I i will say this i'm not a fan of any of them <laughs> nothing I, that I, I i it stuck out that i it says i need to buy like when no. i saw the seasons i really wanted it nothing that stuck out to me like that but no i i i wonder if, if gs is entering entering into that territory where they're overly saturating with just things that don't need to be saturated it could be that i think that's always kind of been the give and take for the whole seiko family in general is sort of balancing enough for everybody's tastes but not too much for for nobody as the i think the yeah. newer ceo put it kind of yeah and and, staying and away I, from watches for no one yeah yeah and i i mean i agree but i mean you know things like prospects things like presage like hundreds of thousands like you just crank them out because they're going to be sold at macy's and amazon yeah and, you know several different types of, of, of points of distribution grand seiko you, you can't just keep pumping them out not at the price points they're climbing to. Not certainly. at the price point that they're climbing to, and not in any type of different collections. That's the thing that's that's killer right now, right? So you have you know spring drive GMTs, you have you know the uh, the the manual wine version. I forget what they call that one with the power reserve indication on the yeah. dial. Beautiful watch. How many variations can you produce of it? And right? how many buyers do you have? And that's the thing. You eventually start tapping out all the people that could have potentially purchased that. Because they already own it. They're not going to buy it again. So Grand Seiko has got to be very, very, very careful. They're, I know they're really trying to aggressively reach into the American market, which they have been successful the last several years. But they got to be careful because all of these LEs, all of these seasons, all of these specialty U.S. market releases, at some point, people just aren't going to buy them anymore. Yeah, you, ri you risk becoming passe. Yeah, Absolutely. This is the problem that Omega, I mean, I'll be the first one to call it out. This is the problem that Omega had 10 years ago. Yes, you're right about that. Just too many pieces, too many LEs, too many specialty watches. It, it got drowned out in the noise. The GS is going to have to be careful. Okay. So 
I don't want to take too much time on that. I wanted to get to our guests. So without further ado, I will jump into that. Uh, we do have a guest this week. He is probably one of the more interesting watch collectors I've ever, I will use air quotes, met because most people I meet are on Instagram. Yep. But his name is Tom. I will give him a chance to sort of, I guess, give his own little background here so I don't uh, do him injustice. And then we will get into the hows and whys. So, Tom, why don't you take it away here and give the audience at home a little bit about yourself? Hey, how are you guys? Happy to be here. My first uh, ever podcast. So, this is kind of exciting. Um, I'm a professional stuntman for film and television. I've been doing it for 18 years. Uh, and I've been collecting watches. I mean, collecting watches um since probably like five or six years old you know like i graduated from uh from fifth grade with already like five or six watches and it just kind of wow progressed from there that's awesome so yeah now we sort of met by i don't know serendipity whatever you want to call it and you had been listening to us and I sort of just went down your your feed there and I was like, this guy is like the epitome of what everybody looks for when we talk about, because everybody talks about wearing their watches, right? You're supposed to wear your watch. And then we sort of idolize these, these divers and these hikers and all these people that have put their watch to the test. But very few times do we ever get to really interact with many of these people or have them necessarily in our quote unquote community. Right, right. Right. But so many times those those are out of reach for interaction's sake. Now we were chatting and then I'm looking up and down. I'm like, this is amazing, right? You're doing obviously you're doing stunts. You know, you got some pictures with some high profile people, which is cool. And then I didn't even realize that I get to your name, which I'll share your Instagram handle at expedition sixteen six ten, which for those of you who do not recognize it, that is a Rolex <laughs> reference. Yep. Now, why don't you tell us real quick the significance of the name of your account? Because it's super interesting. All right. So, like I said, I was collecting watches forever. Um, I'm 18 years old. I get to college. I'm valet parking cars. I have a stack of, you know, ones, fives, and tens, totaling <laughs> about 3200 bucks. And I spend it all on a Submariner, a 1996 Rolex Submariner. Uh, much to I, I already <laughs> love this story. This is, I already love it. It's just... so now I'm broke in college with with a Rolex on my wrist. Um, later that summer, only six months later, uh, we're on a boat up here at this lake that we vacation at every summer. We're jumping off, and uh, I slip. And as I'm falling off oh, the boat, no. uh, the railing hooks on the clasp oh. of the Rolex and it just pops. Now, I don't know if it's the clasp that popped or the spring bars that popped. I'd, I would love to find out one day. Uh, but as I fell in the water, so did the watch. And uh, it's been on the bottom ever since. So um, I started diving in like 2014 or 15. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, why? You know, it's like 20 to 30 feet. Why am I not? you know grabbing some Try, metal detectors and some buddies trying to and, find it trying to find it yeah so that's what i've been doing the past couple summers which i thought would be the ultimate sort of article to showcase like one of these ideal cole pennington article <laughs> man who lost Submariner decades ago goes down finds it it's it's the gaskets are still holding up it's not even damaged that no, would be and, like and, the, and the even ultimate. and even more amazing 
has gone back every year to try to find it. Like that's that's the re- that's the real story. Not only did he lose it, not only did he find it, but he's gone back for ten years to try right. to do the same thing every single time. That it's, is it's, fantastic. It, I feel it's like it's like documentary work. <laughs> Absolutely. So I have some video. I have some drone footage. Maybe in a couple more years, I'll have some kind of YouTube video to put up. You know, who knows? We'll see. Definitely, that would be an absolute. I think a treat for most watch collectors, just because I think. We're all pretty attached to them, despite them being possessions and somewhat unnecessary. I think people understand it as with phones and time displays everywhere now, where before having a time-telling instrument was a bigger deal, right, in yesteryear. Now, we don't rely on it so much, but I think we all understand that attachment that you have, to, especially to a piece like that, where it appeared in your life, it was a super big deal not that it wouldn't be now but when you're scraping mm-hmm. together change to purchase this thing it's a really big deal right i mean i remember my my first luxury watch was a, a tudor pelago similar idea if that would have fell off i'm probably going in after it also although it's titanium so i don't know what kind of luck i would have there <laughs> you know what though so i've been wearing uh, my pelagos lhd right and it does get picked up by the metal detector. Does it? I was always so, yeah. wondering about yeah, yeah. that. I wasn't sure of the alloy and all that, but uh, that is cool. Really? Yeah. Huh. You know what? Doesn't it have a steel clasp? Maybe I, even it, a... well, it could. It could also be the because a lot of times when, when watches are are made of alternate materials, things like the click spring for the bezel or the you know maybe the expansion springs mm-hmm. for the actual clasp mechanism, they could yeah. be steel. Right. So that maybe would be trick why it gets triggered. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, all right, for, let's get into this. Not even from a watch perspective to start. Um, how does one get into doing stunts for a living, Tom? All right. Um, so my brother and I, my brother does it as well. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. Family he's business. Year, <laughs> he's a year and a half younger. And we grew up making our own movies, like from when I was six and he was five. Uh, and then as we got older, you know, middle school, high school, we started making longer movies, started doing stunts in the movies, whatever people wanted to see, you know, the stunts always got the biggest uh, reactions. Uh, they were all, you know, cheesy action movies. And then after we went to college, it was like, dude, we've always talked about getting into the movies. Let's, you know, we, we have our degrees to fall back on, but you know, we're young enough to give it a shot. So uh, let's get into the uh, the film industry and what would be the most fun part of making movies and doing stunts. So um, that's what we decided on it. And then my wife, um, was Googling stunt schools and you don't really even need to, uh, to go to a stunt school to get into the business, but you know, we didn't know that. So she of found course. a stunt school down in Florida and, uh, we went to the stunt school, which was like six weeks of intensive training on how to fight, get lit on fire, do high <laughs> falls, get hit by cars, you know, all that stuff. And, um, and then after that, it was just kind of like, we started telling people, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. And my dad brought it up at work and like somebody goes, I have a friend of a friend of a friend who used to know a stunt guy. And then we get that guy's number. He gives us a couple, you know, uh, new names, uh, not new names, but he gives us a couple of names of people yeah, who are currently contacts. in the business. Yep. You have some contacts and, you know, and it goes from there. So, you know, I mean, I, sp- it, there's definitely a starving actor phase. I spent a lot of years, <laughs> I spent a lot of years working construction and pumping gas uh, before, you know, the ball started rolling and I was able to quit everything and just, you know, do it. Just do time. stunts. Yeah. Full time. That's amazing. And, and, and just flipping through your, your Instagram handle and your page to, to kind of prep for this podcast. 
you have such an amazing collection and you have such an amazing litany of shots, like action shots yeah. of you oh, doing cool. things, wearing the timepieces, which again, as, as kind of bro pointed out in the intro, you know, we hear so many times from these big editorial people and stuff that, you know, you follow obviously, cause I saw them tagged on, on your page as well. You know, the Cole Pennington's, the James Stacy's, the Jason Heaton's like these guys that have kind of earmarked their corner of the watch world by being the adventurer type and doing the stuff that we say you should be doing in your in your timepiece. And it's amazing to me that nobody else has has stumbled across your page yet because it's very cool. I was shocked. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's like not only the collection that you have, but the stuff that you're doing while you're wearing these watches and the photos that you're able to capture them capture cool. while doing it is is honestly it's fantastic. So thank you. Uh, it's super, super cool. I'm glad that we're the first ones to kind of bring you uh, into the into the light. Something so. tells me we will not be the last. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, we, we usually have some big listeners that kind of remain in the in the wings, if you will, mm-hmm. that uh, will like to share our stuff on on occasion. So it'll be nice that maybe you'll get some more notoriety out of this, which cool. would be great for you. Cool. So touching on your collection while we're there, what does the collection of a stuntman look like? Obviously, we've touched on a little bit of Rolex, a little bit of Tudor. What else do you have lurking in the box there? Um, so uh, a lot of divers, you know, just whatever is, you know, rugged. Uh, indestructible. <laughs> in, yeah, indestructible pretty much. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a lot of watches that that can cover uh, the decades because in the film industry, you work on period pieces, you work on movies that take place in the sixties and the seventies, eighties, whatever. So yeah. if, if, if I'm working on a movie or a television show, that's in the seventies, I'll throw uh, my 6309 on, you know, and then they'll tell me that, that it's not period correct. And I'll be like, okay, I'll take it off. And then you just <laughs> keep it on and you wear it anyway. Um, I have a Weiss, a Weiss field watch, which is kind of, it could kind of pass for any generation. Yeah. Yeah. So when I work on like 1960s stuff, so I always, you know, throw my Weiss on. Um, but yeah. Okay. So a lot of divers, a lot of, you know, rugged uh, watches that I'm not afraid to, you know, fall down the stairs in. So how, uh, in, in, now let me ask you another question when it comes to actually choosing the watch other than you know let's say the time frame or or the era of which the the mm-hmm. shooting is show movie whatever um is there a watch you just naturally gravitate towards all the time that that's kind of like the watch that you just pick up put on and go and it's going to go anywhere and do anything for any type of movie and not really it usually depends on you know what i'm going to be so if i'm going to be a swat guy i'll go with either my blacked out panerai Perfect. Um, a Sangin, a couple blacked out Seikos, uh, Citizen Nighthawk, you know, something like that. That's like yeah. my that's like my yeah. SWAT guy watch. Um, if it's going to be a fight scene or if I'm going to like be thrown down the stairs, I usually will go with the Panerai because uh, I've had a lot of spring bars fail. I've had a lot of watches fly off the wrist. Um, so the Panerai, you know, it's got the screw bars. It's not yep. going it. My, my hand. Yeah. Gonna come it's off. not going to come off for sure. Your arm's going to yeah. come off before the Panerai yeah. comes off. <laughs> yeah, basically. So that's, you know, and, and listen, I don't, I don't love where Panerai has gone. I bought this Panerai in 2004, you know, back when I kind of, you know, Panerai was Panerai and yep. I'm not a fan of modern, modern day Panerai, Panerai, but yeah, 
but this thing's never going to leave my collection. This thing's uh, no, it's cool, man. And it's, and it's, that's such a, it's such a distinct representation of that early to, to late two thousands Panerai. Cause that was really when Panerai for me was at its like golden peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was when the brand was set an all times, all time high. And, and we've echoed, and you know, I know you listen to the show as well, yeah. but we've echoed this back and forth about my sentiments personally for Panerai. I love the brand. I have a lot of respect for them, but what they're doing today in a modern way is just not something that I agree with. So, right. Same. Have any of your watches made it onto the screen? Uh, they have. It's, it's really tough. It's surprisingly hard to make, <laughs> to get your watch, you know, on camera, but um, I guess my well, let's see. Uh, I got my Panerai again. So it was bead blasted at the time. It's uh, the Pam 104. Okay. Which it came polished, a little blingy for me. So I had it bead blasted uh, by Jack at, at IWW. I had to choke out Jim Caviezel on person of interest. <laughs> and they kept telling me to take my watch off. And I was like, I will, I will, I will. And I kept just keeping the watch on. And I had it like, like right up there on camera while I'm choking them. Um, and I never saw the episode, but I'm hoping that it made it on camera. Um, do you know? Do you know what episode it is? I'd I'd have to go back through my notes. Like I keep notes of every show, every episode, and the date and my hours. And I all actually that stuff. I so, actually really love that show. That's okay, why I'm, cool. I'm tr- I like I love that show. It's a it's a good one. I, I'm I'm really into in, in my wife and I are really into police procedurals and things like that. Oh, cool. So it's I, everything wore, that's like that. I've seen it. He wore a Resco dive watch and he he absolutely loved that watch. That's so cool. That's that's when you know somebody's a true like watch fam person because it's like mm-hmm. nobody outside of the watch community knows what the hell a Resco is. Right. Unless maybe you're like a SEAL team member. Right. But other than that, that's that's so cool. That's a very that's a very low key. How was it how was it like working with him? I know you had a brief stint, but well, I mean I probably did 12 to 15 episodes of that show. Oh wow. He was super cool. Um yeah, he was a great guy. Very, very friendly. He would talk to him about anything. That's like cool. some people are, you know, kind of standoffish, but he was always willing to chat with anybody, you know, about anything. That's very cool. That's cool. always good. It's always good when they're when they're when they're good people. Yeah. Um. Uh. I guess another watch. I mean, it's not a super cool watch. It's a Luminox. But I did uh, this hallway fight scene in this show Daredevil for Netflix. Uh, oh no way! It was like a like a five minute wonder. One shot. There were no edits in it. And uh, at the end of the scene, I, I'm crawling up off the floor and I put my hand up on the wall and you can just see the watch kind of glint in uh, the light. So I was like, ah, sweet. I got it on there. It worked. <laughs> um, and this, and okay. this was <clears throat> this was the the like the the superhero uh, Daredevil, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. uh, the series. They did a couple. Yeah. yeah OK. All right. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch all of this stuff again. <laughs> this is fantastic. And then my most. I was going to say my most famous uh, watch on camera story, which is not famous at all because nobody knows it. But so me and my buddy are working on the show Billions. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. And I had just got uh, the Tudor Black Bay GMT. Okay. I wear it to work. Um, And my buddy shows up. He's another watch freak. He shows up with a 1970s Tudor MN. And we're like, dude, we both (laughs) got like 50 years of Tudor, you know, here on our wrist. We both had to escort one of the characters out of Axe Cap. So he puts the watch on his right wrist. I have mine on my left wrist. Oh, man. We put both our hands up on his chest as we push the guy out. 
and it made it into the final shot. So I got, you know, a couple screen grabs of that. So that's like my, my most fun. Eat your heart out, Danny Milton. I know you're <laughs> going to listen to this and you're going to go back and you're going to find these screen grabs and then you're going to post about it. But mm. we're covering it here first. That's fantastic. That is so cool. So a Tudor MN yep. and then a Tudor Black Bay GMT. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that, so that cool. I might have posted that on the account like like way back. I'm not sure, but I could throw it up there again. That's amazing. That's that's truly amazing. And that's such a popular <laughs> show. Yeah. And such a popular show. So has there been a show that uh, that was kind of your favorite to work on that you've done in your career? Sounds like you've done a lot of very important shows. Um, well, uh, I guess I worked on Indiana Jones 4. Um, I didn't do any big stunts on the show. You know, I had to jump out of the way of motorcycles, you know, like a bunch of yeah. easy stuff. It was in the beginning of my career. And uh, the Indiana Jones movies were basically what got me into wanting to do action-packed adventures so things. Cool. So just, yeah, so, so being there, like seeing Indiana Jones and they would play the music and uh, it was it was awesome so that's one of them and then uh it's not really any kind of watch movie but the greatest showman with hugh jackman okay. was, oh no way yeah i knew it was going to be something special i mean a lot of people didn't like it but me and my family loved that movie uh i knew a knew... lot of people that love that movie okay yeah, like cool, cool. A, a lot of people it was just it was really neat to work on it and like to hear the songs every day you never got tired of them and it was like, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be something cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And he's a complete dude, man. He's awesome. Hugh Jackman? Uh, Hugh. Yeah. He's yeah. the man. He's really the man. He he seems like he, he's kind of like the way I've always pictured, pictured him is he's like one of those guys that walks in the room and he's got like the aura and mm-hmm. you can just, you can feel it. You mm-hmm. can just sense something about that person. Yep. I mean, he, he was, was Wolverine. The, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's Wolverine. <laughs> he was Wolverine. And that's, I mean. You gotta be you gotta be some kind of badass to be Wolverine, right? Yeah. So So have you ever uh thrashed up any watches real good doing some uh extreme action type stuff? <sighs> thrashed up I mean, I've certainly scratched him up. Um like I like I mentioned earlier, more times than not, they get they get ripped off the wrist because of spring bar failure, you know. That's the thing. That seems uh, the most common. Like I've even thrown a punch and my Omega Seamaster flew across the room. Wow. Uh, And it was on a NATO too, you know? So you're thinking, oh, it's on a NATO. It's got, you know, both, it's whatever. It didn't matter. It just went went flying (laughs) across the room. Um, I mean, really scratched up watches. Uh, I was in a motorcycle accident, not a stunt. I was in. An actual accident. An actual accident. Yeah. (laughs) Not on film, unfortunately. In my Omega, uh, my Planet Ocean and like. The whole bracelet in my wedding ring would just like like ground down like uh like you put them up against a grinder. Wow. But uh yeah, you know, I mean just a lot of scratches, a lot of dings. Um popped off a couple bezels. Yeah, that happens. I mean, those yep. are actually yeah. those are relatively easy to tear off. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of funny when when you think about it, like, yeah, this is super secure. It feels really nice. It's like you catch it on a seatbelt, it's like it's coming right off. <laughs> Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I think I got in a rock fight at 10 years old and I had a Gruen on, uh, and I blocked a rock. Oh, no way. And it shattered the crystal. I still have that one at home just, you know, cause it, it reminds me of the olden days, but yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So rough and tumble lifestyle the whole way through. This was a through line for your career. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
That's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So do you have a do you have a favorite watch? I mean, you know, maybe not wearing it for an actual scene. Is there a watch that you just normally pick up and that's your watch every single day? Um, let's see. I don't really have an everyday watch. I you know I wear my watches for about a week at a time. So I, pro- I probably okay. end up wearing about four a month. Um, my GMT Master. I have a Pepsi GMT Master. I have a Tudor Pelagos LHD. Those two get tons of wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Grand Seiko. Uh, it's one of the older GMTs. That thing gets a ton of wear. Um, let's see. What else? My Panerai. Yeah. Um, trying to think of if I had one everyday watch. I, I guess it would have to be the GMT Master. Uh, that probably gets, you know, at the, at the end of the year. That's probably you know gets the most risk time. That's fantastic. And and anything uh, that you've picked up recently? I was looking at your your profile. It looks like you did you get the uh, the new tutor? I did. As soon as I saw it, it was like the watch I had been waiting for. You know, uh, the yeah the Black Bay Pro. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I hit my guy up. I was like, dude, put me first on the list. And he goes, you're first. And then like three weeks later, it was in. Um, and I love it. You know, 39 millimeter, everybody, everybody's making making a big stink about uh, the thickness of it. I was going to ask, how does it wear? Really not bad at all. It's great. Yeah, uh, I've seen some photos that that uh, that have done some side-to-side comparisons. And and one guy, I forget who it was, but he compared it to a Moonwatch, like the new Speedy Pro. Okay. It was it was marginally thicker. I mean, uh-huh. and that's a pretty that's a pretty you know thin watch for a chronograph. So it looks like it wears really well in the photos. It does. It's great. It's uh yeah. And I love the new clasp too. That uh, the T fits awesome. You know, I think yeah. I think every every luxury watch, you know, should have a clasp like that. And I I don't know why why some of them still don't. And you and you got some you got some wear on that clasp already, huh? Oh my I gosh! Saw, <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a photo. I was like, this is the kind of photo that would make most grown men cry that own this watch. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, it's uh, you know, just uh, part I mean, of the it's, course. It's a normal know, day at the office. That's what did it's you see for? this photo, bro? I yeah, I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. Mad respect for that. Because honestly, that's how my clasps look, especially when you when you take them diving and that, things like that. Like you dive you too, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah it's cool. it's been it's been a while since I've since I've been, and I don't do it for a professional um uh thing, but I, I did it quite a few dives. But uh, I mean, literally the first, you know, when I was getting my certification, my first checkout dive in open water, I remember throwing my BC on i had my regulator kind of slung over my shoulder and i was getting ready to put my watch on i put it on and my regulator just slid off my shoulder and smacked my watch <laughs> right in the lug <sighs> and just put a nice dent in it and i was like well i guess yeah. i guess the band-aid's off now like now yeah. we're gonna go diving for real it's it was kind of a funny it was a, it was kind of a funny thing but i just remember like having that moment like oh well okay i guess that's done it's done yeah. it needed to happen so yeah. let's go i like it so aside from we know you dive and stuff, what what is a what does a stuntman do for fun? I mean, I can't I can't imagine like uh, you know what you have to do to get your kicks when you're used to having the adrenaline flowing like that. <laughs> uh, I I do a lot of dirt biking. Okay, that makes sense. Do <laughs> a lot of motocross. Oh, so I mean, I've I've got hundreds of laps of, of motocross with my Panerai on with with my GMT Master. 
never had an issue. Like I hear people talking about like, they don't want to like, go on their road bike with, with a mechanical watch. And I'm like, yeah. you know how many hours I put and, and jumps in, in and my, jumps. You know, yeah. Stuff? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll, I don't really do motocross anymore. I do uh, like, like the woods riding enduro stuff. Um, uh, I like to hike. I've gotten into hiking. Like I'm trying to bag some peaks up here in the Adirondacks. Um, play playing with my kids. I got two girls. Uh, Very cool. And then, you know, on the less extreme side of stuff, I, I got into making wallets a couple of years ago. So, you know, leather crafting. Yeah. That's fantastic. You are literally it's, a jack of all trades. That's what I'm saying. Renaissance you're, you're, man, right? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're the dad that everyone loves when they show up for like, bring your dad to school day. It's like, what does your dad do? My dad's a doctor. My yeah. dad sets himself on fire. <laughs> That's what my dad does. And he'll make you a wallet. And he'll make you a wallet. <laughs> he'll bring the teacher a wallet too. That's fantastic. That is awesome. Oh. So what would you say is probably your, I guess, most extreme stunt you've ever pulled throughout your lengthy career? Um, most extreme. I mean, I've done, I've done like up to 60 foot high falls, like where you go into an airbag. Wow. Um, hit by cars, I've been hit by cars a couple of times uh with my gmt master on um all the guys from hoodinky that are happening to listen to this are literally cringing right now <laughs> they're cringing i can tell you, i can hear the cringes from here it's like yeah you- i got hit by a car where i'm a gmt master a couple of times not once <laughs> times. but a couple of it's times it's all good though it's all good it's cool it's all good. You know, it, was yeah. a, it was a six-year wait list it's fine i got it yeah. it's, it's all good doesn't matter um i've been on what, uh, i've been lit on Sorry, I'm lit on fire. Not oh, sorry. Go ahead. What generation is that uh, Pepsi you have? It's from '97. Okay, cool. So, so it's yeah, still it's... very much tool tool rolls. Yeah. So the story behind my GMT Master is once I lost that that Rolex uh, Submariner, I wrote a letter to Rolex headquarters. You know, I forget if it was USA or Switzerland, and I was like, I'm an 18 year old kid. Spent my life savings on a Rolex. I just went swimming in a lake. I didn't tell them the whole story. I said, I just went swimming in a lake. It popped off my wrist and it sunk to the bottom and I'm devastated. I'm not asking for anything, but, you know, maybe you should beef up, uh, you know, your spring bars or your bracelet. (laughs) I get a letter back and they asked me to call them. And I spoke to somebody uh, in the USA headquarters. And they said that since we don't have the watch and can prove that the watch malfunctioned, they gave me a super hefty discount when I could afford another one. Super hefty. Wow. Whoa. So I was able to borrow some money. Uh, you know, basically right away, I was like, I need money, I need money, I need money. And I was able to get, I got a 1996 GMT Master II. Now that watch I had for 22 years, it cost me 3500 I ended up selling it. It's my only regret. I ended up selling it in 98, sorry, in 2018 for uh 9800 um and then i and then i bought the the 97 you know gmt master but it, so it was it was a mistake i wish i still had that watch because i did everything in that watch you know that was like like my daily wear from from 96 through probably till i got my panerai in 04 and then i wore both of those just for everything yeah and it's gone and, that, and that's and that's the one thing that i think that a lot of people don't rec- recognize when they when they do wear a watch for that amount of time it's just like all the memories that you record, just 
you know, just physically wearing, you know, anniversaries, the debts, the promotions, the, the life achievements, the birth of your kids, like all of these things that you just inherently experience. And then once it's gone, it's just like, I can't replace it. Like it's just, it, it there's an intangible there that changes and you just can't, you can't ever, you can't ever fill the void really. Yeah. Um, but that is such an amazing story about That's what wild. Rolex did for you. Yeah. That is something that is quite literally impossible for that to right. ever happen today. Physically right. impossible. That is so insane. Yeah. Wow. And um, I think what kind of, you know, why I kind of let myself sell it was it finally stopped working in 2017. You know, it had been motocrossing. It had, it had yeah, everything. When I worked construction, when I worked construction, I mean, I operated jackhammers with it, all that stuff. So it finally stopped working in 2017. I sent it in to be overhauled. I didn't even know about like saying no polish. And it came back like brand new oh. looking. And I was like, what is this the same watch? You know? And then I was, it, it, it had kind of changed, you know, it was like, oh, there's, all my stories are gone. Like they've been deleted, yeah. you know, which kind of let me, you know, okay, I can yeah. get all this money for it. I'm going to sell it. But then as soon as I sold it, I was like, I, I need a GMT master back. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it was dumb. It was like, like a wash, but. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It reminds yeah me, that- I, I don't know if either of you have seen, I know we all have kids. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I think it's cars Two, where they go to take, the tow truck mater's dents out and he's like nah don't touch my dents he's like that's those are mine and he's like it, it's kind of the yeah. same idea yeah it just like, reminded I, me of I, that. Like, I, like, I, I earned those dents and yeah, like, yeah yeah you know? yeah exactly. i did a lot to get those I absolutely my cars to get those yeah for sure i mean <laughs> i mean my god it's like this is this is crazy stuff like it, it's it's insane the kind of i mean again i've i've never done anything that extreme to any to any experience i've ever had and, and worn a watch in it most i've done is hiking hunting you know, fishing, you know, diving, that kind of stuff. Relatively even keeled adventure sports. I've never been hit by a car or set on fire in a watch, but that's so amazing that, that, that you have and that those watches, especially the ones that so many people find so desirable and many collectors still treat with kit gloves. You know, I cannot tell you in broken intestines, I cannot tell you how many people that I've met in my life that own Submariners and will never, they'll never even wash their hands in. I know it's the craziest thing to me. It doesn't yeah. even make sense that like they won't go in the hotel pool. They'll put a G shock yeah. on. It's like, dude, wear it. Just wear it. it. It's like nothing that you're ever going to do to this watch can ever, ever destroy it. And if it could, you certainly would have experienced it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. I say just wear, wear your watches. watches. That's, that's insane. Yeah, it's almost like owning like a like a super fan, like a high end sports car, and you never open it up on the highway, right? Yeah, or you never even drive it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, more it's, so it's, that, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like even the guys more. who own the, all the Ferraris, and they drive them like one day a year, you know, and they and they they drive on the road like twenty miles an hour because they don't want to pothole, you know, and bottom it out. It's crazy. Yeah, we got a lot of them over in Long Island. The roads are terrible, and oh, man, the money's Long abundant. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I know. So uh, one of the things I did in in a watch, uh, Schmidt, you might might find this funny. Uh, you're an Omega guy, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. So 
kind of wanted to prove everybody wrong about like, oh, you can't wash uh, your dishes with with your speedy on all this stuff. So I went diving in my speedy and I took a bunch of photos of it. Hey, man, it's my speedy, you know, it's still watertight. And that night it was the entire thing was fogged. I only went 20 feet and that night the whole thing was fogged up. I was like, oh, OK. All right. Everybody's right. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Although I will say this, it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of a small, lesser known part of history. A few years ago, Michael Phelps hosted Shark Week. I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I'm a huge, big Shark Week fan. But he, it was a few years ago he hosted Shark Week, and he actually did several dives underwater while with sharks wearing an Omega Speedmaster Dark Side of the Moon underwater. It was the craziest thing. I was like, I this like is it. not a watch that's rated for any of this. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to. You know, I'm just going to wear it. And I was like, Michael Phelps is a Seamaster guy. He has plenty of them. He was an ambassador for Omega. It's like, of all the watches you could have worn to go shark diving, you wore a moon watch. And specifically a ceramic one, which is so funny to me. <laughs> you can find these photos online. It's kind of great. Yeah. It was fogged up that night. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm uh... sure. But you know he didn't pay for that service, I know, Tom. I know. Come on. I know. Did, uh, did they drop a... I think it was like a sailing either they were either sponsoring a sailing or they were, they were collabing with sailing and it was a speedmaster I think and it was like that was like a huge like joke troll that you're like yeah. they would totally make this a a speedmaster because everybody says you can't get it wet yeah yeah, yeah. it was uh so it, it it's funny that that relationship actually doesn't exist anymore but uh for a few years omega was partnered with the swiss regatta team alingi that's what I was thinking of and and Alinghi, um, apparently, from what I understand, personally requested a Speedmaster to be made for their team partnership. So it wasn't Omega, because Omega would have made a Seamaster, because that makes sense. You're a regatta team, you're on the water. You would think. But Alinghi, Alinghi liked the dark side of the moon, Apollo 8. And they were like, we want that, but we want a specialty version for us. And so there was a special conversation that was had, and that watch was created, according to my sources. So um, there you go. That's kind of why the Speedmaster was made for the sea. But now, Alinghi is actually with Tudor, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I think they just recently they, did that, right? They, within the last, like, two months, they just changed. Because Alinghi is going to be racing in the next America's Cup race against team new zealand which is omega's team ah yeah so i guess there that was going to be perfect sense with yeah the... it was a little bit of a conflict of interest because they were both yeah. represented by omega and now they're both going to be competing against each other so alingi went on to find a different partnership and they went in with tudor very interesting all right uh so tom any uh any possible new additions on the horizon? I know you got a pretty well-versed collection already, and I'm sure you're pretty happy with it. But you got anything? I know the Black Bay Pro just came in. Yeah, yeah. Anything uh, tickling the fancy recently? Uh, I love the Mont Blanc Geosphere. Okay. Um, I just think it's a cool watch, and I would love yeah. to, you know, put it through its paces. Uh, I love the uh, the, uh, the Tudor PO one. It's just it. <laughs> I don't like how it sits on my wrist. Esoteric. The definition of esoteric. That watch kills me. I can't. I can't with that watch. I. I know it's. It's one of those watches only a mother could love. You know. Just right. Oh, right. Um, 
I almost picked up uh, the Longines, uh, the Zulu, uh, the new Zulu time. Yeah, that watch Very is fantastic. Cool. I love that but, watch. But then the Black Bay Pro came out, and I was like, yeah, oh, dude, it makes this, sense. This is and it. you're a this Tudor guy it. already, so I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But that's that's a watch, and we, we covered this relatively recently on the podcast. That's a watch that I think that I want to add to my collection because I I haven't, and I currently don't have a GMT. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to be something like that, or I'll just go cheap and then get the new Seiko 5 GMT. Who knows? I don't it's know. It's cool. I like it. I like that. You know? It's awesome. What's everybody wearing tonight? Ooh, a wrist check. Wrist check, yeah. That's not good. often done on this show. This uh, I think this is actually the first, because... the first official wrist check that we've had. All right. Um, I have I don't know the model number because I'm horrible with uh with Casio model numbers, but I had the Cassie Oak uh G Shock. This one I think is what, what what do they call it, uh bro? The like the virtual time or in a virtual world or something like that. In a virtual world, yeah. <laughs> we've we've nicknamed it the cheesy oak. Because uh, like it. it actually has uh, very similar colors to our podcast colors. So uh, this was a gift from Bro last year for that Christmas. Uh, so this is a, a watch is very near and dear. I think to my it's heart. a GA twenty one hundred is the, okay. the model number. It's it's the original Casio, but it's just a different um, colorway on there. It's got some. Yeah. It's black with what uh, a little bit of like turquoise got, and pink. It's got and purple. turquoise and then some pink and purple, which are very similar colorways to our podcast logo. So Bro Miami found vibe. it. Mm-hmm. and he got he got one for me for christmas last year and i i, I decided because you know today was gonna be a special episode I'd, I'd bring it out for for this so very nice uh i've got on uh a little probably my favorite little cheapy it's uh seiko solar one of the newer ones a little 38 millimeter guys it's the patty version so like the colorway we were talking about with the arnie it's got the turquoise accents it's got sort of a globe dial on it uh you know black diver but the dimensions on this are fantastic it's a you know core solar movement this is my watch that i put through its paces every day i wear this okay. at work i beat the pants off of this watch and uh, i'm really enjoying it i really hope that they expand this out and maybe drop some sort of different movement in it if they could fit it in this case maybe not because course movement might be a little thinner but if they can the dimensions on this are so good and it's such a comfortable wear i've got it on a tropic right now but it, it's it's really awesome i i can't lie the stock bracelet is not great but and that's typical for seiko so yeah i mean but i i usually prefer my seikos on rubber, rubber anyway yeah. and you get so much cust uh, i don't know what you call it uh customizability with the different color tropics and the all the aftermarket options for seiko not to mention natos and everything else that I mean, this watch just rules for me, and I, I really, really enjoy it on, on the daily. So, and and you know what? I think I think we're primed. We're primed for the return of the thirty-eight Seiko diver. Like I think we're I think we're at that point because that case. And the more and more I look at it, it reminds me of the thirty-eight Pepsi divers that they used to make right before the SKX series came out. Yeah, they were there just was, called like what were they seven zero zero two divers or something like I, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't I, remember either, but I know but exactly. There was what you're a there was about. a thirty eight millimeter diver, yep. and it was kind of like a they they marketed it as a ladies version, but it has almost that exact same case style. But I think the crown was at four o'clock on that one as well, if I'm not mistaken. But I think we're ready for for a thirty eight thirty nine millimeter automatic Seiko diver. I think I think we're kind of at that point, and that would be a great platform case to to launch that in. And you, Tom, what do you got? You said you got your Panerai, right? Yeah, I got. So it's uh, I got it in two thousand and four. Um, 
when I saw Daylight in 1996, I was like, yep. what, what the heck is <laughs> that? He was wearing? the movie that got all Panerai people excited about Panerai. Yeah. And I mean, I don't like that was it wasn't pre internet, but I mean, I wasn't Googling anything or, you know, yeah. looking anything up back then. I, I don't even remember where I got my watch content, but, but I used to go into uh, the watch stores and just like, like talk to people. Hey, do you know what? Do you know what Arnold's wearing in End of Days? And do you know what uh, yeah. you know Stallone is wearing? And I finally found a guy in like '99. I was like, oh, he wears a Panerai, and Arnold wears an Audemars. And I was like, Panerai, I gotta, I gotta find a Panerai. So yeah, I got it in '04. Um, it's uh, the Pam 104, uh, the automatic with the date, like one of their most basic ones. Yeah. And then a couple years later, I had it bead blasted. And then a couple years after that, I was like, I'm just gonna black it out. Um, so I sent it back to jack at iww and he blacked it so out you modded it basically uh yeah basically yeah yeah that's awesome it looks great it looks cool, really thanks good. thanks so is that is that a is that a dlc coating or a cerakote or... it's it's dlc dlc okay. coated yep very yep. cool i like that it looks it looks really stealthy it looks great yeah i'm i'm tempted to get uh my father passed away i got a couple of his watches and one is a brightling aerospace and i'm tempted oh, to get cool. oh cool the entire watch and bracelet DLC coded and just black it and the whole the, the whole thing out, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that would be super stealthy on that watch. Might look a little neat. That's a that's a that's a very cool watch. The aerospace is really, really cool. Is that a uh is that a sandwich or a sausage dial? Um sausage dial. The yeah. loom on those is insane. I had yeah, yeah, a, I had a Pam five sixty and it it had it had a sausage dial. And at first I was, you know, I was kind of on the fence about which one I wanted, and I, I went up with with the sausage dial. And I, you know, the sandwich dial is super cool just because you get sort of that I don't know that craftsmanship type of look where the numbers are carved out, and you get very three dimensional effects when you're looking at yeah. it. But the loom on that is so insane. I think yep. I still have a picture of it, like of I, I was like driving at night and I just happened to look down and I was like, this thing is like glowing, like almost like yeah. when you were a kid and you had like glow toys. I was like, I could read this from the backseat if I wanted to. And I, I remember I snapped a picture of it and I was like, this is legibility at its finest. Yeah, and it's, it's, the, size, it's the size of a clock. So it's like it, it's just like, <laughs> boom, baby, like you can see everything, you know, it's that's that's fantastic. Yeah, but there's definitely something to be said. I know they catch a lot of heat and they're an easy target nowadays, kind of like what we talked about, but they're very much still their own brand where a lot of people, uh, brands or people, whatever you want to say, have sort of gotten muddled and lost in the, well, what fat are we chasing? What's, what's the new and upcoming design cues and stuff. They're still releasing a lot of, you know, luminors and radio mirrors and just what they've always been doing. I mean, I know they've changed sizes a little bit and they've gone to some sunburst styles and things, but they're very much still, you know, in that Panerai vein, they, they haven't yeah. caved. I haven't seen a Tiffany blue Panerai yet. Right. <laughs> no, no. You're going to find an East deal and an E titanium Panerai, but uh, you know, uh, maybe not a Tiffany blue one yet. No, but I think, and you know, I think regardless of where your, your allegiances lie, I think everybody still has at least a couple Panerai models that they're like, yeah, no, that I would totally oh, for I would sure. rock the hell out of it. Like for the sure. bronzos, the submersibles, there are a lot of great models, and I only realized it because I wound up buying one. I think at first you sort of look at them and you say, these all look the same. I don't get it. Yeah, okay, tobacco dial, black dial, whatever. 
And then you sort of come to appreciate the intricacies of the brand. You know, some with the the small seconds at nine, some have a Cyclops and a date. Some are just a base dial. Yeah. To me, I mean, that was always kind of my favorite. It's just super basic, but like clean, just super clean. And I'm not in love yeah. with, I'm not super in love with the new logo, but when it just says Panerai across it and it's just a super clean and uh, just stealthy dial, like that was always my favorite part of it. The legibility is great. The contrast yeah. is great. And if you get, you know, like in a Chayo case, that thing sings from across the room. You can see it. I can't tell you how many times I was spotted in that by a random person at like the cigar shop or wherever. It's a Panerai. And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't mistake it. You know, somebody yeah, told yeah. me once, you, it's it's like a Porsche. You can't mistake that design. Yeah. Yep. It's a very cool watch, man. And I've had my eyes on one for, for a long time. She's unfortunately the one that I want. It's like $10,000. And I'm like, there's a lot of other watches that I'd rather spend $10,000 on. Yeah, I don't spend ten on a Panerai. I, I, you know, I, yeah. I, well, it's it's I, the, the prices have been climbing since they started going in-house. And, and you know, it's like, for me, realistically, just give me an old 44 Panerai with the Unitas-based movement, manual wind, and, and I'll call it a day. I've got my Panerai fix. You know, that's, that's kind of the way go. that I've looked at it. Yeah, I bought a Pam 305 uh, with their in-house movement. And uh, I hate to use the word junk, but it was junk. It had so <laughs> many issues. It had uh, it had crown issues. It kept terrible time. Uh, it, it, it was... Uh, and then I made the mistake of reviewing it on the Paneristi forum, which I had hundreds oh, of posts no. on. Dude. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you get roasted? I got roasted. They deleted the post. I put it back up. They deleted it again. And they oh, were like, you're just a troll. And I'm like, no, I've got like hundreds and hundreds of posts on here. I've been, I've been on this forum for a decade. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done with all you this You cannot stuff. upset the Panaristi. Like and they will like, come. They will come for blood. Like they, it was an honest review with the good and the bad. There happened to be more bad. You know, the, the best. I mean, but Tom, I mean, the, the, it, it's you, you can't tell the Italians that the Italian super watch is somehow is somehow wrong. OK, uh. there's a reason why mafias exist, right? <laughs> Those guys will come for you. They will find you. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, man. And yet I, this... I find myself wanting uh, the big slide tech, you know, chronograph. Yeah. From, from the olden days. I'm like, why? I don't I don't even like the brand anymore. I, I don't like why do I want this watch? But I still do. Hey, it's it's the nostalgia, man. It's yeah. like I again, I remember when Panerai was the watch to have and everyone wanted one. Everyone could, you know, was fighting to get them. And when somebody walked in with a Panerai, you're like, that guy, that guy's a watch collector. Like that mm -hmm. guy knows what's up. And now it's just kind of like, oh, he's got a Panerai. I'm like, eh, okay. You know, but for me, again, the Panerais that you own, that you have, or that you have owned, that was golden age Panerai. There's nothing wrong with those watches. They were tough as nails. They were over-engineered. You could beat the living crap out of them, and they would continue to function without any issues. Now I don't think that that's necessarily the same. Right. So we'll see. If I'm going to get a Panerai, I'm just going to get a, a a, a vintage one now. Dude, did I ever tell you about the time a, a blackjack dealer almost outed me in front of my wife about my Panerai? <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm playing cards in Atlantic City, right? I'm doing well. I'm at the table. I'm having a good time. I can't remember what hotel we were in, but whatever it is, they have like a – it's like a desserty bar type of place, and they make like gigantic boozy milkshakes. 
And so okay. we're sitting, we're sitting there and, you know, I'm playing, she's watching. I think we're, we're about to head out kind of somebody walks by with these things and she's like, Oh, those look really good. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Double down. The guy goes, Hey, and you know, he knows my name because my name is on the little card. And he, he's like, Hey, we take that pan or I go get plenty of them right now. And I'm like, dude, don't, uh, Ixnay on the Anor I pay, man. Like, don't, <laughs> yeah. Nobody need to know how much my watch is worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's like, please don't put me on blast, let alone to my wife. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, we're just going to ignore that. And uh, I would like to split. Thank you. Speaking of wives, Tom, mm-hmm. is your wife into watches at all? Uh, unfortunately, I kind of got her into oh, watches. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, first thing I ever bought her was like i mean it was an esquire watch i don't even know what that is um and it's yeah she she has nicer watches uh, than sure. i do uh, so oh. fortunately it's it's not like a one for one you know like i'll buy myself a couple before i have to throw her one but yeah she's yeah. got uh she's got the um the gold rolex presidentials her like oh okay. baby that's like, her, like that's her watch. <laughs> yeah and then she has a date just with a pearl a 36 millimeter date uh date just with with the mother pearl dial and a jubilee bracelet and then okay, okay. a couple other ones uh cartier tank you know that kind of yeah, stuff classic but, yeah so yeah so she's like you know likes her watches <laughs> she just wishes everything was quartz because i have to wind everything for her oh and, yeah yeah you know, you know what it's, it's so funny I, I just got my wife a, a new speedmaster automatic for for mother's day and very nice She's had an she's had a a Seamaster Aquaterra for many years, and it's just one of those watches like she just leaves in the box. And when we go out somewhere, she we need to go wear something nicer. She just hands me the watch. Is like here, I need you to set this right. So I just like my buddy of mine gave me a winder for Christmas, and I was like, that's where your watch is going. I don't ever use a winder, but your watch is going on that damn thing because I'm tired of setting your freaking watch before <laughs> we go out anywhere. Yeah, so there you go. Just stick that's it on the winder. Yeah. Yep. What about your daughters? Are they into watches at all, or still? Uh, not at yeah, that you point? know what? Um, my so they're they're fifteen and thirteen. Uh, the fifteen year old rocked a baby G most of her life. Oh yeah, I like and that. And then, and she was always kind of into NASA. As soon as they had uh, the first uh, NASA G Shock, oh perfect. She needed it. She's like, Dad, I need this watch. I'm like, How do you even know about this watch? So that's what she wears. Social media, baby. That's yeah, it. right. <laughs> and then my 13 year old has, um, when she was in second grade, she really wanted to watch. I got her a midsize Seiko. Um, I don't know the, the reference number, but she, she wore that thing for years and years. Like she still has it. The watch has a name. It's got like a special place on her uh, you know, nightstand, but she's got, she's got a Timex Q, uh, the Pepsi. She's got, yeah. She's got an SKX. She's got a couple of watches. She wears my Swatch watch that I got in second grade. Um, That's also cool. That's super cool. Yeah, which she still swims in it. It's still watertight. Uh, The loom has fallen out of the hands by now. But uh, (laughs) yeah, she still rocks that thing. So yeah, that she's got fantastic. a little collection. Yeah, I mean that's that's more than a little collection. Yeah, that's no, like that's like a well. watch. That's a watch dad's <laughs> curated collection for your daughter, right? Like he's like, yeah, you're gonna rock this little Timex Q because like all the watch people will know what it is. That's cool. That is fantastic. And the fact that they they both wear them uh, is 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 super cool. But now your older daughter's gonna need a Speedmaster. So I hate to even say I, I, I'm not a big Omega guy. I know I could tell it, based on your it's, collection. It's be well, I've so I've owned four of them. Okay. I got a 
Seamaster Chrono for uh, my college graduation. That one I'll never sell. Yeah, I've seen that on your page. Yeah, yeah. So that um, that one only broke once. My Omega Planet Ocean. That went back to the AD several times. Uh, broken bezel stopped working. They couldn't even clean the crystal when I when I would get it back from the service department. I had to. It, it, it was a mess. Uh, the speedy before I even dove with the speedy, the speedy stopped working. So I, I want, I, I always wanted Omega to be my brand. I wanted, you know, like kind of like Tudor has become my favorite brand. That's what I always wanted Omega to be. And it, it just never worked out. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. But I, okay. I love the people love them. I love that they do well. They make some of the most beautiful looking watches out there. I just, have you, uh, let me ask you another question. Have you had an, have you had a, a modern Omega? Um, yes. So I, the only one that didn't break on me was the 300 M. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is absolutely beautiful watch. Um, but once all my other ones kind of had all their troubles and then my speedy had its trouble, I, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to sell the 300 M before it has trouble. Um, but you, I mean, it probably won't. It, it was that that was a beautiful watch so i i see your face man <laughs> hey look it's okay it's okay yeah. i mean i i share the same sentiments about you know rolex and and the guys with the crown again it, it it's mutual respect for the different brands yeah, we, yeah. Like what we, we like what we like and that's yeah. that's fine we don't have to like exactly the same things um but again, it, you, you have your own experiences. I have certainly have mine. And again, that's not, that's not an issue. That's why there's watches for both people. Right. You know, and I just, I like when people are happy. There's so much negativity out there. Like you go to Hodinkee, you read the comments yep. and it's just like, <laughs> I, I hate this. Like it's this, horrible. This, it's horrible. It's this, horrible. That let's much. just, you know, I, yeah, it's crazy. So uh, the, the only thing that I like to poke fun at in the comments is the Speedmaster, and then all of a sudden I get like a whole bunch of replies like from people that just you know hate my comment but uh no there's there's like so much hate out there and i just wish that people would you know with, like, with like, loosen like, up hey, dude, a bit. cool watch yeah you know it, it used to be like that yeah you know and what's crazy now is like when you go and read those comments what's insane is that's the ones that they let through the filter process I always wonder. So what what was behind the filter process that we never got to see? Because every Houdinki comment, when you send it in, it goes under review before it's actually posted live to the site. Mm -hmm. So even if you wanted to do like an angry type and send a comment, you might have to wait a day before it actually physically shows up because some moderator is going to read it and make sure it's kosher enough to put up there. Uh -huh. um, so that's, I mean, some of those vitriol, laced comments like that's what we're allowed to see right, right imagine the stuff that doesn't get filtered through that's there's some there's some bad stuff going on in that in that chat that form and that's honestly that's why i got out of the forums like i couldn't take it anymore yeah i'm i'm not it's, in the forums uh, yeah i can't take it it's it's so toxic it it was toxic 10 years ago it's even worse now so it's i can't even imagine yeah and that's kind of that's kind of why i always i i definitely trans transitioned away sort of from the negative like i always try to not make things so i don't know divisive or whatever when i like when i make a joke of things it'll be more like just geared towards like the, the silly things we do or like the little idiosyncrasies or like tendencies we have as collectors or in my own personal you know collecting adventure or whatever i i found it to be a very 
divided, very angry place when I was doing looking at forums and when I first got on Instagram and everything and and I didn't really want it to I didn't want to amplify any of that. So that was yeah. a big shift when I get I guess I really started getting the ball rolling was to make sure that I didn't I didn't help those people out too much with fodder. Well, and you and you've uh, you've roasted everyone equally, which is also that's true. I, which is also you know one of those things that like there's some out there's some accounts out there that that do the funny stuff, and you can sell they're very heavy handed one direction yep. over the other, and it's just like okay, like we get it. You like one brand, you like this, you like you know you don't like that brand. That's okay, but like let's not let's not try to pretend that you're not biased. You will meme everyone and that's what i love about i give it to seiko (laughs) and i adore seiko and i give i know it's it's the same way it's like i you know i can take omega jokes i've heard all of them it's it's fine it's just what it is it's it's called being a collector you're going to deal with the with the backlash but you know we used to have thicker skin back in the day we used to be tougher to to handle these comments and i think we've things have changed a lot societally that that make that what people that people get hurt from from things like that it's an attack which is very very interesting but uh, I digress. There's so much negativity out there and watches should just make us happy, make us absolutely, you know, smile. And I, I just wish that that everybody felt that way. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, Tom. That's for sure. Bro, anything else you want to ask our esteemed guest? No, you know, what? it's funny when when I, I first thought about uh, Tom coming on. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Death Proof. Yes. Oh yeah, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, right? It's a, I think it's a Tarantino. I think it was part mm-hmm. of the the double feature. It's like death proof for like Planet Terror it was the Grindhouse. Anyway, it's yeah. about a stuntman, and his name is I think it's Stuntman Mike, and he drives this. I can't remember what it is. It's a vintage car, and he smashes it. But what happens is he he always he goes to the bar and he picks up some attractive girl, and he's he's dry, he he offers her a ride home. You know she's messed up, and he's like telling her the story he's like yeah this car is death proof and whatever and he's got the safety glass up and stuff and then the twist is he's like it's only death proof when you're sitting in this seat and he revs it and he smashes the car into something and you know she goes through the windshield and it's all whatever but uh you know it gets a little gruesome but uh you know <laughs> next time around, he, patches, he patches the car back up and uh you know he's out there again and like i was just like laughing at myself i'm like oh man i was like i was like I'm going to interview Stuntman Mike. This is going to be great. Like, <laughs> it was just like this hysterical thing that like crossed my mind. I was like, it, it's a movie. It was like a stupid movie from, I don't know, 20, had to be maybe like 2000 or something, but it, it was just like a hysterical thought that crossed my mind. I was like, I wonder if, uh, you know, everybody's got safety glass on their cars and stuff or, or what have you. But uh, no, this has been a lot of fun. And I think, uh, I think this will be a real uh, interesting episode for a lot of people because again this is very much out there in that respect of uh of wearing your watches sort of that maximum that we all kind of dream of that we all say we want to even if we don't necessarily do that in our every day um so thanks a lot for hopping on with us tom uh it's been thanks for really asking fun. absolutely uh like i said i don't think this will be your last appearance on i i don't either I said don't type either. of programs uh hopefully we can be the the king maker of sorts there <laughs> i think but my yeah. omega comments are going to get me banned from most podcasts oh that's but, uh, not that's not <laughs> hey but you know what it'll get you put on others so yeah uh, that's right but again if you guys want to follow uh mr tom you can follow him 
at Expedition16610 on Instagram. Tom Place is a fantastic human being, as you guys have, have listened. Uh, he's very well-storied and traveled and done crazy things with his watches. So please go give him a and follow. He's an amazing person. Keep up person. with the, the journey of trying to find the Submariner. I mean, I think that's the best part now. I have like yes. something to, it's like going to be chronicled, keep up with. Oh, I, I, I can't the best, wait. I, the best ongoing story in watches. <laughs> when you do it, though, I, when you do it, you have to give us the exclusive. That's 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 I want that. I, want I, that I, I might have DM'd with Jason Heaton in the beginning and gave him the exclusive. But he already might, bought the rights, Schmidt. He, oh, dang it. <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. He probably forgot, you know, okay, I don't know. All right, so, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you guys Great. might get it. We'll see. There we we'll go. See. There we go. I was hoping to find it today so I could, you know, you guys could have the exclusive tonight, but oh, that would, that would have been, that would have been something. Huh? Epic. Yeah. That would have been something. Well, Tom, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, for all you listeners out there, thank you again for tuning into another episode of the Rich Cheese Radio podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Huh? Peace. Thank you.